the Valley cheers like this for KD at his introductory press conference. Number 35 for the Phoenix Suns, Kevin Durant. Imagine how Footprint Center will sound tonight as Kevin Durant makes his debut. Everywhere I've been so far, fans have been, um, you know, giving me a warm welcome, but I still feel like i got to prove myself every day. What is it? About nine hours away from tip-off at the Footprint Center tonight. It is Wolf and Luke. I'm Luke. Wolf, what's going on over there? Not a whole lot, man. But you know what? It does make you happy when you think about it right now, especially leading up to this game. This night at Footprint Center, where Kevin Durant is going to make his son's home debut. Could the three games that preceded it have gone really much better than what we've seen? I don't think so. No, the the buildup, I don't remember a lot of trades where the buildup is like this. Like, this is like a, a highly anticipated movie or like season two of a highly anticipated TV series or something with the way that this has been rolled out with the talk in the summer, oh, it might happen. And then the trade happening, but the trade happened, you know, a month ago. And then he doesn't play for a few weeks, so the anticipation builds. And then he plays, but it's on the road. Okay, and then he plays in Charlotte. So it's like, yeah, it was great, but what, what, what does that really prove? And then you play Chicago, and you come back, and then you play, beat Dallas. In, now you're going to play a home game. Like, how many levels have there been well, to his home debut? Right, but doesn't it just seem so ironic, ladies and gentlemen, that it was the Dallas Mavericks game? That he played before he actually comes and makes his home debut. Yeah. That it was the Mavericks of all the teams in the association the Suns could have played before he made his home debut. Now, all of a sudden, it's the Mavericks that they beat. And, oh, by the way, how many points did KD put Just 37. 37. No Just kind of lit shots. the lamp. Yeah. And now he's actually coming and playing his first home game against OKC. <laughs> what are the odds of that? Stop it. It's crazy, too, because like I'm just looking on a schedule here that has the leading scorer, leading rebounder, and leading assist guy for each game, right, for, for the Suns. And each of the three games Durant has played, those three guys have been somebody different. Like, it was Booker, Aiton, Paul in the first game. It was Booker, Durant, Paul in the second. It was Durant, Aiton, Booker in the third game. Like, it is so balanced among those top guys right now. But you're right. I mean, is there a team... Is there a team in the NBA that Suns fans would rather watch the Suns beat in a regular season game than Dallas? There isn't, is there? I, 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 I'm trying to think about it right now. Uh, the, you know, there, I'm sure there's a lot of people out there that love when the Suns beat the Lakers. The, the, it's the only other one I could think of. Yeah. Right? Uh, you know, they love that, of course. Um, no, I think not Golden State, maybe. Yeah. You know, beating them. There are, there are fans out there, but when you're talking about the team that gets most fans riled up, it's got to be the Dallas. I feel like in 2023, it's Dallas. The only team that would be close. And again, I'm saying regular season. Like you'd like to take Golden State out of the playoffs because there's, there's no higher honor in the NBA right now than taking Golden State out in the playoffs. But if there's just a regular season game and you're a Suns fan, who would you most want to see them beat? It's got to be Dallas or the Lakers. And I know all time it's the Lakers, but I feel like right now it had to be Dallas. Yeah. So you're right for KD to go out there and be instrumental in that win before he ever even gets to play a home game. Like, KD, 
Your initiation before you get to play at Footprint Center is you got to beat Dallas, okay? <laughs> if you do that, then you can come play right. at Footprint Center. You know, you beat Dallas. Um, by the way, everyone remembers Game 6, of course, last year. And a lot of people also remember Game 7, even though I have flushed that. Trying to forget that one. At the Footprint Center. Now, all of a sudden, you just beat Dallas. Your nemesis. You just beat the Mavericks. And now, you know, what really was an awesome game. It was. Legendary it was a really game. good game. Legendary game where those four guys, those superstars squared off and Dallas lost. <laughs> I'm just saying. See, it makes you feel so good. Check the update for how close Dallas is to just um, missing the play-in tournament entirely right now. And now well, the next won. game he's going to play is the footprint setter game against the Thunder. And again, it really isn't about the Thunder right now. We don't want to get involved in that. We know the past that KD has, of course. We understand that. But for me, it's coming off the Mavericks game, coming off that win, and now this is your home debut. Wow. That place is going to be lit. If they do what everybody hopes they can do this season and somebody goes back and puts together the story of this season... You know, if the Suns really do go all the way, and you know how they always have those videos, like, this is how the 2023 Suns got to the top, right? I don't even know how much they're going to show from the first 40 games of the season. Do they still do that stuff? I, I feel like they would. They haven't, haven't won a lot of titles around yeah, here in a they, while. So, uh, Yeah, uh, right. I, I didn't know they still did that. Somebody will do it. If okay, they don't, we should somebody. do it. Okay. We'll put together something. <laughs> right. Um, let's see. Uh, I'll rule myself out of that meeting. Okay. <laughs> but, Thank but you. But what I'm saying is if you're going to do it. Get Mel to do it. Mel will she probably is already working now on doing it. Now we get it. Boom. A, probably B, already C, done. D, E. But I don't feel like you need to even start till like game 43 or something. Like there's a couple moments in the first half of the season, but it really feels like it started about a month ago. Here's Kevin Durant yesterday talking about his home debut. Trying to get it in the books. Just, you know, just, the more and more people see me, the more comfortable they feel around me and things that get back to normal, you know, so I just try to get back to normal as possible. So the games roll around quick and, you know, Fans, I want them to understand my game and what I bring to the team. So, as much as I can get out on the floor, it helps. And so, I'm looking forward to going out there and playing as hard as I can for them all night. Yeah, normal. You know, just thinking about that, normal right now. We've talked about this a couple of times in the past. Um, with some guys, some guys that we've actually talked to, like Kevin Ray is a guy. He's a guy, right? He's, we've talked to K. Ray about We, we this. should have an all-Kevin show with Zimmerman, <laughs> get KD on for that. Right, and K. Ray, of course, he's talked about the fact that he just wants to see KD once everything settles down in, in, in a normal environment. When will that actually be? Because, again, um, I don't think it's going to happen anytime soon. His days walking around the basin here kevin durant i i it's not like he can hide no you know what i mean no, he really can't you see it just it can't be normal for him right now it can't be he hasn't hit a level of normalcy yet and for me i think for the most part most human beings want that normalcy they want that context he hasn't got there yet no and all i can talk about is obviously our perspective on this, but I, I don't think it's going to feel real or normal, however you want to word it, seeing KD play for the Suns until next year, honestly. I, I've, I've kind of come to that conclusion until next season because it still feels surreal. It's another level of surreal tonight when he's at home. 
there's not a lot of games left in the season. So then it's all of a sudden it's going to be the playoffs and it's going to be KD and the Suns yeah. in the play. I don't think it's going to feel like, oh, yeah, KD, oh, yeah, he's on the Suns. I don't think it's going to wear off until we're 20 games into next season and they're playing Atlanta on a Thursday or something. You know what I mean? You know, what's really interesting to me because this is KD's first season where he's had – He's been traded midseason. Mm-hmm. This is his first season. He's experienced this. That's why for him, I don't I don't think it's going to be normal until maybe even the postseason. Until he actually hits the postseason and then suddenly, okay, now this is this is normal to me. I just right now, how could it feel normal to him this quickly? I think the one place where he probably feels normal and comfortable right now is on the court. <laughs> which I guess bodes well for the Suns. Because even that first game he played against Charlotte, you're watching like, okay, he just got traded midseason. It's his first game. He hasn't played in two months. How's he going to? Okay, he scored. Oh, there's a three. Yeah. There's a block. Like it, it, it feels like that's the one place where he's like, all right, okay, everything's, you know. I would say more normal on the court, but not normal yet. Uh, what should you expect from Kevin Durant's home debut for the Suns tonight? We're going to ask senior NBA writer for ESPN, Mark J. Spears. He'll join us next. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Home of the Suns and Kevin Durant. Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Wolf and Luke talk KD's first home game with the Suns. Now. Yeah, it is tonight, finally, Suns Thunder at Footprint Center. And joining us right now on the Arizona Sports Line is Mark J. Spears, senior NBA writer for ESPN and Anscape. Mark, thank you for the time. How's it going? Oh, man, just uh, living the dream, brother. Well, I tell you, I feel like that's what we're doing here in the Valley right now with uh, with Kevin Durant on the Suns. I know it's only been three games, but especially that Dallas game really hit home with everybody here. Uh, Any surprise to you in these first three games? It kind of just looks like business as usual for KD already. No, man, I had the pleasure of being around him for three years in the Bay Area, one of the best people I've had a chance in my career. I don't know if you guys have any time with him but just just good people man good dude um i I think some of his frank posts on social media gives people a a perception about him that may not be great but he was phenomenal for me then he's been great for me now you know and he's one i'll tell you this it's i've covered close up you know k Celtics when they won mellow in his early years iverson uh, I saw, you know, see Steph Curry a lot, but I would say that of everybody that I've been able to cover closely or be around a lot, like watching Kevin Durant play was just the most amazing to me, which, you know, it's it just to see somebody that tall, that skilled, um, basically unstoppable. If he misses, it's his fault. There's nothing you could do to stop him. <laughs> he's, a, he's a basketball savant. So I don't know how long he got in this game. I don't know how long he's going to wear his son's uniform. But if you have the means to buy season tickets and watch him close up, it is worth every penny, man. I I, I truly enjoyed watching him play, and I always do. Mark, why do you think there is this narrative out there that Kevin Durant is about drama? There's drama wherever Kevin Durant goes. Have you heard that yeah. narrative, and why do you think it's out there? Well, I mean, 
you're being connected with Kyrie and with all Kyrie stuff, like, you know, it's inevitable that you get pushed into that pool, whether you want to be in that pool or not. Right. So kind of give them a pass on that. Um, I think the, the, the departure from Oklahoma city to me still isn't fair to this day. Like it's, it's, you know, Kirk floods, Spencer Haywood, those guys did what they could do to give, you know, players the, you know, ability to be free agents and, and choose where they want to go and make life choices. And, you know, in life, don't we all want to work somewhere where it's a happier environment for us, right? So um, I think maybe playing with Russ probably wore him down. Being in a small town like Oklahoma City, he probably yearned for more. So for them, the people to be so upset that he left and decided to be Golden State was always, but Golden State was always laughable to me. Like that he, he got such a hard kick off of that, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's like he's not a, a slave. He doesn't have to stay there, right? Yeah. Like so, um, so I think that part is unfair. Departure from Golden State was curious, right? They were winning and maybe one day we talked to Kevin, he said, yeah, I probably should stay, right? But I think he, to like his own fault, ended up being too enamored with, you know, Kyrie and uh, his game and thinking that those two could work together. But, you know, you can't predict the pandemic. You can't predict what Kyrie was going to say. So from a basketball standpoint, I, I see what his vision is because he had that much respect for Kyrie as a player, but he couldn't project in was what Kyrie would do off the court. Um, and and so I think it's just one of those things where he just, just got caught up in the storm that nobody could have predicted. So it's uh, I think now in Phoenix, I know I'm kind of long-winded on this, but in Phoenix, it's a stable environment with a coach he knows, with a point guard that's a veteran, future Hall of Famer, was one of the best shooters in the world and, and, a, and a talented center that probably deserves more respect. But for the most part, there's, you know, other than the ownership situation, there's no drama there. It's, it's easy, and I, I think this place certainly fits Kevin's personality and maybe a lot of the drama that's been surrounding him subsides mm. uh, while in the Valley of the Sun. Mm-hmm. Talking to Mark J. Spears, uh, Mark, another part of the equation, you know, with Devin Booker here, and and you just said it. I mean, you know, KD better certainly than I do, but it, it seems like, from my perspective, he share, shares a lot of similar personality traits with Devin Booker, and that they are just kind of a little bit laid back and and all basketball first more than anything else. And and I, I have to think, I know it's only three games, but just in general, those two are going to vibe together pretty well on the court. Well, you know what, Kevin has been blessed with the ability to play with other stars. So it's not new for him. He played with Russell Westbrook. He played with James Harden, Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, right? Played on USA Basketball. And I, I believe he and Book played together on USA Basketball, right? Yeah. So, like, I don't, I, I think he knows how to play with other great offensive players. He's, he's been there, done that. So it's not, it's not hard for him to adjust where it could be hard for a lot of players to just like, I was, you know, being curious to how Luca would be with Kyrie. Cause this is the first time he's been within an offensive player, just as explosive, but with Kevin's done it. So that's why, you know, I think he's, he's had the ability to, to fit in seamlessly there. Um, and I think as they get closer and closer and closer to the playoffs, 
they're going to get better. My only worry for Phoenix really is not their starters. I mean, their starters are amazing. Just maybe is there somebody else they could add to the bench, make the bench a little better. Um, but ultimately, when you get to the postseason, the starter's going to play more minutes. Uh, maybe the rotation slows down. They they got days off, sometimes in multiples between games. And so perhaps the way to shore up maybe some of the lack of strength from that bench is, is playing the starters more, but then that makes them more susceptible to injury as well. So that's basically the only fear I have for the Suns team. So, Mark, uh, let's bottom line it, shall we? <laughs> what do you think KD brings in terms of the Suns and their championship odds? Because that, for the most part, is what everyone's talking about. What does he do for this team in terms of winning a championship? Well, I mean, put you guys in the in the, in the, in the pole position. <laughs> You're going to call it the pole position, Mark? It is the best offensive player in the world. <laughs> it helps. He's that good. <laughs> I think we lost Mark. I know you guys are just seeing him close up. Yeah, no, we we are we are just seeing him close up right now. Uh, you you no, seem to be good, cutting man. in and out. Nothing you can do to stop him. He can hit big shots. He's poised. He'll make a pass when he's like. There's nothing he can't do. He can score in the post. He can rebound. He can bring the ball up. Play point. Give CP like he's a he's a stunningly amazing uh, once in a lifetime fame. Unicorn. <laughs> yes. So, like, he, this team is just, uh, it's funny. It's like people forget this team was just in the finals two years ago, right? Yeah. You add KD to this, a team that was in the finals two years ago. <laughs> like I said, it's it's the bench and, and, and a, a, a means to stay healthy, but. If everybody's healthy, like league wide, know that you how you beat them in seven games. I don't. Well, Mark, I just don't. I just, I just think they're they're just there's just too much talent there offensively, and uh, they just that 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 big four they got. I put that up against anybody in the league. I, mm-hmm. I don't know that anybody has that. Mark, yeah. that's uh, that's exactly what we want to hear. Obviously, and, and now we just want to see it play out. But we appreciate the uh, the time today. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks a lot. Take care, Mark. Mark J. Spears joining us right there on the Arizona Sports Line. It's funny, the part, his phone cut out for a second, and all I heard when he came back was unicorn. Unicorn. (laughs) Yeah, that's all I heard, too. But, you know, it's um, everything he said is true, and so far it it looks true as well. I mean, the, the, the fact that you can add a great player and that great player can just seamlessly fit in is... That's not that's not always the case. It's hard enough to add the great player, right? But we've seen it in the past yeah. where that doesn't always work out or it takes a few weeks to work out or it takes a year to work out. It took about, I don't know, two minutes to work out here? Yes. Uh, text us your thoughts to the FanDuel text line at 620-620 right now. When we come back, there are mixed opinions about whether the Suns have enough to win a championship. So we'll play a couple of those for you and get your thoughts on it as well. It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Three and oh, since taking the court as a Phoenix Suns player. Here's Durant getting loose. He'll try the three and buy the three. Averaging 26 points, seven boards, 3.7 assists in those three games. Durant, he dribbles quickly to his left, goes to the rim and ducks it with his right hand. Wolf and Luke talk K 
JD's first home game with the Suns. Now. Right. It feels like the home opener is tonight. Yeah, it does. <laughs> really is. <laughs> but it does. It feels like it's the home opener when, in fact, this is what? Like game 68? 67? I don't know. 66? Um, Suns Thunder tonight. We just talked to Mark J. Spears, and he kind of laughed when we were like, hey, what, you know, what's, where does this put them? He's like, well, it puts them in the pole position. They just yeah. added Kevin Durant to a team that went to the NBA Finals two years ago and won 64 games last year, which is what a lot of us here believe. Well, again, define the pole position, though. Is Are you talking about the Western Conference or are you talking about the championship? pole position right now. I think it definitely puts them in pole position in the in the Western Conference. I, I, I will continue to come back to the one team that doesn't worry me, but it's just kind of like, all right, that, that it's probably about 50-50 okay. is Milwaukee. Right. I, I like the way he said it. It was a version of what we said the other day on this show. If you just tell me, here we go, March 8th, everybody's healthy on all the teams. Yeah. Everybody's at full right. strength. Who are you really taking over the Suns in a best of seven? The only real argument that I could make would be Milwaukee. Everybody, you could put, you could say Boston and Denver and Golden State's kind of, they get a separate category. I'll grant them that. But I I wouldn't feel confident with any of those teams beating the Suns other than maybe Milwaukee. Okay, so you and Mark can actually put them in the pole position in the Western Conference. I'm not going to skip steps. No. You set me I up. am not going to skip any steps. What are you talking about, Pop? Of course not. I'm not going to, even though I already have multiple times on there, <laughs> skipped a lot of the steps. Yes, thank you. Uh, here's a guy who's not at least skipping I admit it. steps at all is Kendrick Perkins on first take yesterday. He is not sold on the Suns at all. Let's stop dancing around the whole situation. We're not talking about their game last night when it comes down to the Phoenix Suns. We're talking about them winning the championship and making it to the NBA Finals. And didn't I see a video of you with that sneaky little grin you be having talking about, you know who he is. He's Kevin Durant. We understand that. We understand that. But who are the others? Who are the others? And last night showed the example why I don't have Phoenix as my favorite for us coming out of the Western Conference. It's not about just two players. It's not about just four players when you talk about and DeAndre Aiden and Chris Paul. Last night, Devin, I mean, Devin Booker and Kevin Durant both played 40 minutes. 40. When I went and looked at that bench, the only person off the bench that really even came close to playing, I believe he played 15 minutes last night, was their highest substitution, the guy that played the most minutes. So when I look at that Stephen A. and Wendy, I'm saying they don't have enough. Yeah. I think they have enough. I'm not saying that you, you – know, obviously, you can't guarantee anybody's going to win the title in early March, but but I do think they have enough. It's a matter of – getting it out of those bench players. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's interesting because a couple of years ago, nobody was talking about campaign and and campaign not being good enough to actually do anything. You know, I, I think, um, especially last season, of course, I think there were a lot of people out there that were looking at campaign as a guy that was a viable option. And we know that what has transpired since. Um, Damian Lee, at one point in time, of course, was leading the association in three-point percentage right, right now. That That's a guy that I think needs to continue to step up and play well for the Phoenix Suns going forward. Um, you know, Torrey Craig is a guy that I think is a pretty solid guy to win. 
Day guy, um, three and D guy. But Ish Wainwright as well is this is a guy that I'm watching more than anybody else coming off the bench right now. He's a guy that needs to develop for this team. And there's some truth to what Kendrick Perkins is saying oh, yeah. right there. Like if Ish Wain if Ish Wainwright doesn't come off the bench and do what he did on Sunday, they might lose that game. Yeah. And you are you're measuring the Suns not against the Oklahoma Cities of the world. You're measuring them against teams that they would see in a best of seven series. Oklahoma City's not bad though. We'll get into that, but. So you're you're measuring them in that regard, and it might be as simple as the Suns have a lot of role players on this team, which you can have when you have Kevin Durant and Devin Booker and DeAndre Ayton and Chris Paul. Those role players, though, are going to have to do their jobs, and, and they are easier jobs than they would have to do on a different team, but they, they do have to do them. And as we saw on Sunday, somebody else will have to hit shots against the really good teams. Uh, over the course of a seven-game series. Yes. So, you know, Josh Akogi wasn't hitting them in the first half. They went to Ish Wainwright in the second half, and he hit them. You know, if, if if that doesn't happen, they probably lose that game. But I'll still take my chances with the team that has Durant and Booker out there. And and I they've played three games. I know everybody uses that negatively as, oh, it's a small sample size. Were they really proven? It's not that. It's that they're going to get better over the next 17 games, I would assume. I don't expect Durant or Booker to get better, but I expect the other guys to get better and more comfortable. Yeah, and I would expect as well that you're going to have Kevin Durant, you're going to have Devin Booker, and their minutes are going to increase once you get into the playoffs. Yeah, 40 minutes in a playoff game. I I know. It's fine. Go ahead. They they (laughs) are going to increase, and they do get more rest as well once the postseason begins. So. You know, once again, we'll see how this goes. I'm not poo-pooing anything that critics have to say about the Phoenix Suns in regard to their bench. It is their weakness. It was their weakness, by the way, I would say, against the Dallas Mavericks. The Mavericks bench, uh, what, they were plus 20, as a matter of fact, in the last game. Plus mm-hmm. 20, their bench, as opposed. Now, they, they had some guys that were lights out as well, Christian Wood going to the free throw line seven times and uh, okay don't get me started. Well, Tim Hardaway's not a bench player but that apparently sparked him because he had seven oh, threes Hardaway last night. Was, I mean, like, what's going yes. on? He's a decent player. He but, was on but fire. You don't think Tim Hardaway Jr. first when you think the Mavericks. You think Luka and now Kyrie. Yeah I think listen there's no denying it. When you look at the Suns if you were going to say what's the weakness of the Phoenix Suns it's their depth. It's their bench. But this, it doesn't mean their bench is not capable that's that's the only he said one sentence in there where he's like the Suns don't have enough and that that's where I disagree with him the Suns yes. have enough now that doesn't guarantee they're going to win a title but but who do you look around the league and think that oh this team has more talent than the Suns again you can make a case for a couple teams but the Suns are right there the other thing though I would say and and we're going to hold on to some of these these clips of of the critics of the Suns not not because there's no way they could possibly be right but I'm waiting if the Suns win the title, how many of these people, and I'm not saying it's going to be Kendrick Perkins, but maybe are going to flip back and be like, well, yeah, KD won a title. He went to a super team. That team was loaded. Yeah. Like if you're going to say that in three months, if they win the title, you can't be saying they don't have enough in early March because the team's not going to change between now and, and the end of the season unless, I mean, I guess maybe they could add a guy off the bike. That's not going to make the team that much different. This is this is really interesting because this hurt you, didn't it? <laughs> it's like somebody slapped you in the face. It hurt me three months from now. It frustrated because on KD's behalf, people are going to look and say, "Oh, he chased a ring." Like, yeah, I love it. Franchises never won a title, and people are saying they don't have enough now. Yeah, you know, uh, I understand. I, I agree. I disagree with with what Perk is saying about this. I really do. I think they've got enough to actually. 
actually win it. Yes, they do need their bench to play better. There's there's no denying that, but I can't wait because this is the kind of thing, too. This is the kind of criticism that can really bring a team together and bond a team. So, you know what? I'd go ahead and make sure everybody inside that locker room heard exactly what Kendrick Perkins and others were saying. Yeah, I, I would be the same way. I'd be filtering in the uh, the negative reviews. The, the people nothing doubting wrong with the that. Suns. You should be internally motivated, my young crunks. Always be internally motivated. This is this is why I but think external isn't bad. This is why I think you like KD so much because he is the definition of internally motivated, and that bothers people a lot. <laughs> but he yeah. is like the definition of internally motivated. I'm learning a lot about KD. Uh, all right, we come back over to college hoops. ASU, one of the first four teams out right now. Do they already have the resume to get them into the NCAA tournament? Or is this game tonight, late tonight against Oregon State, a must win? It's Wolf and Luke on Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. Yeah. Wolf and Luke Middays, Arizona Sports, the local sports leader. You know what it is. Black and yellow, black and yellow. All right, Pac-12 tournament starts today. And uh, with ASU dropping both games in fairly convincing fashion to both the L.A. schools over the weekend, Wolf, uh, I think we're at the point where tonight's game, at the very least, is a must-win for ASU against Oregon State. I think we'd all agree on that. They got the primetime slot, too, at uh, 9.30, which means just before midnight on the East Coast. So this is a real good chance to impress the selection committee with your game that starts just before midnight <laughs> on the East Coast. Like, what? <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're all going to stay up till 2 a.m. to see if you can pull this one out. That's yeah, great. no, I, I honestly, I don't think it's going to be a situation where whether they're going to watch them or not, I think it's just about all victory for ASU. It has to be. They lose to Oregon State in the first round. I, I just don't see them getting in. I don't think there's any chance, and I think we'd all agree at that. It, whether you watch the game or not, there's no way they're going to get into the tournament. Yeah, I, I think you, like, I'm just looking at Joe Lenardi's uh, bubble, and, and he tends to be pretty good with this stuff. And he has Mississippi State, Utah State, Rutgers, and Nevada as his last four in. So right off the bat, if you're an ASU fan, you're rooting against all of those teams in their subsequent tournaments because you are you may need some help. Um, I think you're right, though. If you don't win tonight, it doesn't matter how much help you get. If you win tonight, but then you, like, lose to USC tomorrow, you might need some help. Uh, you have to win tonight. He has in his first four out Oklahoma State, Wisconsin, ASU, and North Carolina. It's weird to see North Carolina down there. I know. It's yes. really strange. So weird. Um, and then they have Michigan just behind that group, a team that ASU hammered earlier this season. The, it's it's always the elephant in the room with ASU or a team like ASU of do they have to do more than a team like North Carolina or Michigan because of what North Carolina and Michigan have done in the past, right? I mean, the selection committee is just supposed to look at this year, but if everything's even, do you really think they're going to take ASU over North Carolina if no. everything's even? Exactly. Yes. No. <laughs> they're always going to take those You're teams. You're right. And the Michigan one's the, the prime example because they hammered Michigan earlier this season. So if those two are tied... And like every other metric or close in every other metric and Michigan gets in over ASU, ASU fans are going to be upset. 
It's one of the reasons why ASU has been fighting this uphill battle all along. They've been fighting it for a long, long time in terms of basketball and actually getting into the tournament. Bobby Hurley has righted the ship in that regard. Um, I think it's got to be a situation, though, where if, in fact, Bobby Hurley um, would get this team into the tournament for a fourth time, I think that really would solidify him as one of the best coaches ASU has had for men's basketball in a long, long time. Yeah, it's it's easy to lose perspective on it, and I know every year when they don't make the tournament, there's talk of him getting fired. Uh, but it's, it's funny because then the years when they do make the tournament, there's talk. Remember a couple of years ago, it was like, oh, somebody's going to steal him. He's so good that Duke's going to steal him or so-and-so's going to take him I away. I was one of those guys. I totally believe that. Well, yeah, and if he, if he had consistently made the tournament, and you know who knows, but I'm just saying that the range on Bobby Hurley is anything from boy, he's going to get this program going so well, somebody's going to take him to no, it's a, he's 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 the problem, and and I think the truth lies somewhere uh, in the middle because, like you said, he's gotten them to the tournament technically twice, but they were going the third year, the tournament just got canceled. And they had done that base. They had made the tournament three times in the span of the previous twenty yeah, years before right. he got I here. I mean, think about that, that again. It's I, I think you rough. have to temper everyone's expectation. We were just talking about it. North Carolina. The expectation for North Carolina is not to make the tournament. <laughs> it's about winning the tournament. Yeah, that is the expectation right there for ASU. Of course, the expectation get into the tournament. And we're sitting here talking about that, and that's exactly what he's done. So. With this season where you start 11 and 1 and you start 15 and 3 and then you go on a losing streak, but you get it back to the point where you beat U of A for your 20th win of the season and you still have two games left and everybody was like, okay, well, you got to win probably two more, whether it is beat USC and win a Pac 12 tournament game or you're going to have to somehow beat UCLA and USC. You would just get in. Well, now here we are. They lost to both of them. They're going to have to win at least one in the Pac 12 tournament. I think they got to win two. Bobby Hurley, though, was on with Bickley and Marotti yesterday and he sounds frustrated we have to go above and beyond just to put ourselves in a conversation to, to be in and uh you know i stand by you know our top four wins i mean it's at arizona at oregon michigan vcu you can throw out colorado and i mean we've had some really good wins this year and uh and just one bad loss you know we had one bad loss in overtime early in the season the third game of the season so if you're going to be fatally judged by the third game of the season we maybe shouldn't have played the rest of the year there's some there's definitely some truth to what he's saying but I think if they had just beaten USC over the weekend, they would yeah. be in a good spot. He, he's right in the sense, and it's not just ASU, that you you do have to do more than some other teams do. There's definitely a double standard. That, that's, But that's not just an ASU it's thing. It's always been that way. Yeah. It has always been that way right now. The expectation, it's one of the reasons why it'll never change. The expectation will never change until you change the expectation, as my old coach used to say. Think about that. that the expectation will never change until you change the expectation. You have got to do it. And that means they've got to go out and they've got to control that expectation by winning. It's, there's, there's one way out of this. There's one way. And it's through that winning door. That's it. And that's been the problem. And there's been a lot of people out there that look at ASU and always thought, you know, this is the sleeping giant. This is the sleeping giant in the Pac-12 ASU. You know what? It honestly has not been that way. 
It has not been that way since Frank Cush. Yeah, and I get the logic behind it. Look at your location. Look at, you know, not just, oh, it's great weather. It's a huge school. You, in theory, especially in basketball, man, like even if even if UCLA gets all the top basketball recruits in California, what is that, like a dozen? <laughs> like if you could get the next there's, dozen, you're yes, set. Right. There's an awful lot of breadbasket goodness yeah. in California. There's a lot of good basketball players over there. There's a lot of reasons to believe on the surface. Oh, ASU, yeah, once they get it going, they're going to get it going. But the reality, and I say this as somebody who went to ASU and 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 really I, I love seeing that program succeed, they have not ever gotten it going consistently. And so to Bobby Hurley's point, and it's partially their fault for allowing it to get to this point, but this season in particular, they absolutely could get screwed over on Selection Sunday. Sure. Even if they win tonight and win tomorrow. And, and to me, if they win tonight and they win tomorrow and you have 22 wins and you've beaten U of A and, you, and you've got some other good wins this season, you know, to his point, that, that the game three that he's talking about is an overtime loss to Texas Southern on November 13th. Yeah. And how did he say it? If, that, if that's going to basically, if that's going to end our season, why did we play the rest of the season? Yes. He's right. If, if, North Carolina loses to Texas Southern the third day, of the third game of the season, and then they go on a run. It's not going to matter at the end of the year. But the problem yeah. is ASU has put themselves in that position where there can be a conversation now, whereas a week ago, it didn't look like they were going to be stuck in that. And see, that's all I'm talking about, Luke, right now is uh, I've been on the air for almost two decades here, and I can tell you it's never changed. The narrative has never changed around ASU in regard to their basketball program and their football program. This, this should be a program that is much better than what we're seeing. The, the the whole sleeping giant narrative surrounding this school has been out there for decades, and there's just no denying it. And they've never really done anything to change the expectation in terms of of putting back to back to back to back seasons yeah. together, where you are definitely a top twenty five thirty school. That that's what it is right there. It's the consistency. It's the when you have success, follow it up with more success. Don't don't you, you have to to change the narrative surrounding your program. You have to do it. The problem is that you've got these schools that have been around forever, so to speak, that have that winning tradition. They always get they always get the nod. When it comes down to selection, well, and I, I, you know, North Carolina is an extreme. Michigan is is not as extreme as North Carolina, but they're fairly extreme. But I mean, if if ASU if everything's equal with Wisconsin, I think Wisconsin's going to get a tiebreaker over yeah. ASU. Which, yeah. from an ASU perspective, point. is is why you're frustrated they allowed themselves to be in that position. But that look, they played U of A close twice this season, and they're one and one against U of A, and nobody is would ever look at the two programs this season and say ASU is better than U of A. And even if ASU beat them in the Pac-12 tournament again, nobody would. You have to do it over over years, like you just said. All right, so when we come back, back to the NBA. What kind of test will Kevin Durant's home debut be for the Phoenix Suns? It's Wolf and Luke in Arizona Sports, the local sports leader.